Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekwam. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin Amoskonish Milverton, find me on Twitter at Amoskonish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you like what you hear, consider showing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 208, uh, a much more pleasant episode this week. A four-match losing skid comes to an end. Now we end the month in style with a much-needed 3-1 win over a Leeds United side that were unbeaten in six. With me to celebrate, we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bazance. Kevin first. Good afternoon. And that was a bit more like it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I've kind of forgotten what it's like to be, you know, happy after uh, watching Saints play. Um, very pleasant outcome, um, especially to go 3-0 up as well. Excellent stuff. Tim, um, another busy week uh, as we forget the shit show that was September. Uh, and you're going to preview the next chapter as we head to Stoke on Tuesday uh, and then back home for Rotherham on Saturday. Uh, but we've given ourselves something to hang on to with that Leeds win. Yeah, it's... Something that we can hopefully say we stopped the rot because when you think about it, Leeds is obviously a recently relegated team like us. So any result against them going into the season, so the Leicester, the Leeds games, home or away, if we got a result. I would have been, I would have been okay with it, been happy with it. So seeing what looked like to be a dominating win can hopefully give us that foundation to push on and uh, get back into the promotion places absolutely well a dominating win you say but i mean it was the second half was a bit nervy and um wasn't enjoyable i mean i echo russell martin's thoughts on that saying that he didn't enjoy the second half i didn't either but i mean and we're where have we seen before where saints been three new up to leeds and then ended up losing so i, I to, 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 to think that we were home and dry at half time um i was not thinking that but um still yeah on paper three one very very satisfying and definitely definitely needed um, and if you are interested in joining our Discord, get in touch. Uh, you can join in with all our game discussions, uh, in-game chats. Um, there's a predictions league. You can do fantasy football, of course. So, yeah, if you want to join us there, then just get in touch. Um, and a reminder, if you are if you are enjoying the show and you would like to support us, uh, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Chaps, ITN News. Let's do it. This is ITN In That Number News. News, then I want to kick off with the with the month uh, of October. We're, we're, we're into a new month and it's October, as I say. Uh, time to, to really push on now. A month which, well, like September, sees five fixtures uh, with an international break in the middle um, and some games given just three days apart. So quick turnarounds. 
uh, the relentlessness of the championship, I suppose. But yeah, some tough fixtures uh, against some teams that are playing above and beyond what I expected. But it's important we start off building on that Leeds win uh, and put us back in into contention. So it starts on Tuesday the 3rd, uh, Stoke away at the Bet365 Stadium. Um, and then next Saturday, Saturday the 7th, Rotherham United at St Mary's. Then, of course, we have that international break. Um, um, England, incidentally, play... Uh, well, we've got an Ashes test, Kev. It's uh, Friday the 13th of all days. Uh, England against Australia at Wembley in a friendly. Uh, so that should be interesting. I do love a, uh, England-Australia rivalry. And we've got a Euro 2024 qualifier against the old enemies Italy on Tuesday the 17th. That's also at Wembley. Uh, and then back to the league on Saturday the 21st. Hull City at the MKM Stadium. Wednesday the 25th, Preston at Deepdale. Um, and then ending the month, Saturday the 28th, Birmingham City at St Mary's. Wow, yeah, a tricky month again because, you know, Preston gone up to third. I mean, having just one loss. Uh, Hull City a fifth with also one loss. Uh, Birmingham are just a point behind us as well. And Stoke, I don't know, Stoke are just kind of hard to fathom. Uh, they're a bit hit and miss, but it's always a difficult place to play. Um, and then, you know, that run of Hull, Preston and Birmingham, that's it's going to be tough. Um, but I think if we can start the month with wins at Stoke and at home to Rotherham, then that will give us a little bit of leeway against those threes. We ended September much better. But now looking ahead to October is we have a lot of ground to make up. So looking at the table right now, while we're 10th, uh, we still have 13 points and fourth place is Sunderland at 16. So to be able to close that gap, so let's say we do to pick up two wins. We're going to be very optimistic here. That puts us to 19th. That's going to put us probably somewhere between four and eight. And so we're just kind of picking, you know, just picking up little by little. And historically, Ipswich Town and Preston, well, Preston's been a perennial championship team for a long time, so who knows if they can keep it up. And Ipswich are while they're on fire and they did a great job coming up. I don't know if they have the talent to be able to do it long uh, long term. Hmm. So optimistically, getting into the playoff positions as long as we you know keep this run going, I by run we we do more than we just win you know win against Leeds. Uh, you know, it, it's a new run. It's the, the start of a new run. <laughs> yeah, the start of a new the start of a new run. I think we could you know I I'm not too terribly scared. But knowing that Leicester is going to run away with the league, they're 24 points, they're nine points, they're 11, they're 11 points ahead of us, and we're not catching them. So it's us to get the second and maybe potentially get the, the playoff spots. I, I think this is a great foundation for such a shit September or September that we can we can pop off and get a few a uh, few goals and a few wins. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just all about chipping away at that, uh, at that goal difference as well. We need to recruit some of that back. But yeah, Kev, just two home games. That's Rotherham and Birmingham. Uh, then three away, Stoke, Hull and Preston. It's still a difficult month. Yeah, definitely. Well, the beginning of the season's shown us that it's not the easy league that we thought it would be. Um, yeah, that's step, step down. Uh, it's a big step down, but um, <laughs> the quality, yeah. quality of our team kind of just about matches with quality the other teams. So, yeah. And, you know, we've had a few surprise packages. I don't think um, anyone really expected Preston to be doing so well or Ipswich to come up and do so well. So, yeah. I've just looked at the five fixtures and I'm trying to figure out how many points we're likely to get. And I, I don't know how you guys stand on this, but I'm still not. I, I'm hoping this Leeds run wasn't a, just a blip and we go back to our losing ways. But for some reason, I, I mean, I'm only thinking we win one out of these games, which isn't isn't great, obviously. And I think, but again, again, I think we lose one. I think there's a lot of draws this month. Um, spoiler alert: I think we're going to lose. I think we're going to draw with Stoke uh, on Tuesday night. But I think we'll beat Rotherham, and I think we'll lose to Hull. Uh, and I think we'll get a point at Deepdale and maybe a point against Birmingham at home. Not particularly the, you know, what what you want to hear, but I'm just easing my way into this a little bit. Maybe Tim can turn me around with his with his preview on Stoke. But yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, five points. Sorry, six points uh, for uh, for October. How about you, you chaps? Sixteen points. Uh, you, you, I can always rely on you. We're going to get 16 out of 15. Yeah, amazing. I think we'll get nine points. Unacceptable, I suppose, but considering how we've uh, how we've kicked off the season. Uh, yeah, uh, bad news, Kev. We've uh, we discussed it in the week actually. Juan Larios, long-term injury. Of course, he's been out since November 2022 uh, with that hamstring injury. Uh, he came back to full fitness actually and played in the under-21s back in March, but he went off injured after 12 minutes of that game. 
Uh, and actually, during the, the last international break, he was uh, he was training full time. Uh, and now he's picked up another injury in training. Uh, and Russell Martin has, has put another two months on his recovery. I mean, that's just terrible, terrible news for him. He just can't seem to catch a break, can he? And so we don't expect to see him in the side this side of Christmas, really, do we? No, um, not with a prediction like that. And But yeah, he's the backup left back that should be replaced. Oh, now we've got Ryan Mason Manning. Holgate for that, haven't we? Oh, yeah. And look, that, that, that worked out brilliantly, didn't it? Yeah, we're, we're so thin at that position. So we, mm. need, we need all the cover. And uh, by all accounts, he seems to really, really like uh, Juan Larios from what he's been saying about him. Um, yeah. I think he's keen to get him uh, into the side as soon as he as soon as he can. But yeah, as I say, it's not going to be anytime anytime soon. Yeah, uh, we've got 17-year-old centre back Nathaniel Boot has signed his first pro deal, keeping him at the club until 2026. Uh, so yeah, well done, well done to him. Uh, and Lone Watch. I mean, I don't know if you've heard about Lianco in the week, fellas, but he uh, yeah he's been tearing it up in Qatar for Al Harafa. His side they lost 4-0 to Al Sad where he picked up a red card um, and he has issued a heartfelt apology. So, uh, yeah, we, we still love you, Lianco. But, I mean, you'd expect nothing less from him, would you? Um, not really. Uh, red card, though. Uh, Jack Bycroft, he's returned from Aldershot Town. I'd say it was only a short-term loan, but he is back um, so he can join up with the under-21s. Paul Onuachu, yeah, I want to talk about him again because uh, he's finding his feet in the Turkish Super League. He's uh, played another game. Uh, and he's got another goal and he got an assist as well. Uh, he scored uh, inside three minutes in their 3-1 win over Appendix Sport. Um, so, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's doing very well. He's found his little uh, his little niche over there. Obviously, we've started October, so we need to discuss the uh, player and goal of the month for September. Not a lot of players spring to mind, which we, we do need to put the polls out. Uh, and, well... Luckily, thanks to the uh, to the three goals that we scored against Leeds, we actually at least have a poll now. So we've got five goals in September. So we need to whittle them down or take one off rather uh, and put those polls out. And we'll have that ready for you uh, in next week's show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be too difficult to do. Um, under 21s, uh, they played uh, Reading at home uh, on Friday night. Uh, they won six nil. Uh, goals from Prince Abacheman, two for Cammy Doyle, two for Tyler Dibbling, and one for Sam Amo Amaya. Um, and next up, they got they got Leon Leon under 21s at home uh, at the Snow Stadium on Wednesday, the 4th of October. That's a Premier League International Cup. Uh, the women, okay, they're returning to action today. I'll get onto them in, uh, to the game in a second. Um, but they've had their international break last week. Um, Ella Morris and Molly Pike for England under 21s. Uh, Ella Morris actually scored against Belgium on Monday night. Uh, excellent stuff. Um, Atlanta Primus played both games in Jamaica's losses. Uh, Megan Wynn uh, remained on the bench for both Wales losses. Uh, Laura Rafferty played once for Northern Ireland, where they won one and lost one. Um, and currently they are playing Birmingham in the return uh, at the championship. That's at the Snow Stadium because of our, our diseased pitch at St. Mary's. Um, and actually they are one nil down to Birmingham. So uh, not a great start. That was a 12th minute goal. Um, but next up, they've got Watford away next Sunday um, on yeah, Sunday the 8th at two o'clock. Under 20, sorry, under 18s, two games in the week. They played Tuesday the 26th against Wolves at Staplewood. They won 3-1. Nick Oyakunle scored twice and an own goal. Uh, and the second was Fulham on Saturday the 30th. And that was also at Staplewood, but they lost 4-1. Uh, but Nick Oyakunle scored again. So a good week for him personally. Um, three goals in two games, so that's nice. Uh, and next up for them, they play West Ham on Saturday, next Saturday the 7th, uh, and that's uh, that's also at Staplewood. Okay, so we've got the we've got the pleasure to talk about a win now, uh, Leeds United then. Almost unbelievable victory for Saints, really, because none of us really predicted it. Um, raced in, in, into a 3-0 lead before half-time, uh, a double from super Adam Armstrong, uh, and Will Smallbone slotted home off the post like I said uh, at the start of the show, visions of that 4-3 from uh, from 2005 were whirling around uh, in my head. But we only allowed one. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, Kev. Is it Pascal Strauch? That's what the, I mean, I've heard so many people say it differently. So I, the last time I heard it, it was Strauch. So I'm going to go with that. Um, I'd say Struik. Struik. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, he scored <laughs> with a scramble in the box following a, a, a corner. Uh, the clean sheet was gone, but yeah, not to worry. Three points on the board, finally. Forget September, 
a brilliant win, some fantastic individual performances, and boy, did we need that, Kevin. Fuck me, yeah, did we need it. Like, um, what was the atmosphere like uh, when we scored after two minutes? Fantastic, absolutely brilliant. It was, um, it was buzzing. It was actually really good before kickoff as well. It was just everybody was on side, and um, yeah, it just felt it felt different. Actually, walking up to the stadium, I, I felt quite somber and like, oh, why am I doing this to myself again? And oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah, because this is me. And considering we've lost four in a row, it was. You know, it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't feeling good. I got into the stadium and actually my mood was picked up just for listening to the fans. It was. um. It always is. Like that's my favourite thing about, about about football is that, you know, in that few minutes before kickoff, you think like, oh, I wasn't really feeling good going to this match. But, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's just difficult to get into that mindset, isn't it? Uh, especially with the way things are going and and everything but no it was it was great and after that first goal went and it was just more like mouths open and like oh my god did mm. that just happen and yeah and then it just sort of like you just relaxed a little bit more as, as the first half went on but still I didn't allow myself to to really truly think that we'd done this until do you know what up until the 85th minute I looked up with the bloke next to me and said don't even think Saints can fuck this one up now <laughs> I thought oh, three three wow. goals in five minutes it's, it's surely not going to happen um and, and of course it, it didn't but um Tim, changes there. Now, four changes from that 2-1 Middlesbrough loss. That's pretty much what the fans were calling for, wasn't it? Because, I mean, we had Ryan Manning back replacing Holgate at left back. Um, Stu's back in the side. Uh, Suleimana from the off and, and a very welcome return for Charlie Alcaraz. Tim, you've got to be happy with that one, right? Yeah, I was really, really happy. I think we were all calling for Suleimana's part. Apart from Kevin. The- well, this was the m- biggest major, major, I was the major change. Uh, Alcaraz, he did start earlier in the season in that, uh, that deeper, that, that 10 role. But seeing Suleimana start, we thought that he could be the difference and he's the record signing and we expect him to. And he ended up making a quality impact. Uh, besides that, the only other thing I want to touch on is Adam, uh, Stuart Armstrong coming back in the center mid after being, uh, dropped for a couple games there. And I think he was also a heavy linchpin uh, to bring together what is Downs and Smallbone uh, and the three as a, as a three midfielders there. Yeah, and obviously um, Shay Charles has to miss out because of that. But Kev, yeah, Suleimana, Alcaraz, Stu, all changes that we made and all changes that did they did all they all did fantastic, all made a massive impact. Yeah, very welcome. I mean it's a little bit of a surprise that um Charles wasn't in the squad because I thought that he did He was in the a, squad. He came um, in. He, well, didn't start, yeah. you know what I mean? because um, he does plug a gap there between the defence and the midfield. So that left me a little bit worried that we might be a little bit exposed. But you know, we were playing so intensively and um dominated that they didn't really have many chances at all in that first half. Yeah, I, I, on, on that note, I thought maybe Charles, I mean, I, I would probably favour Shea Charles over Flynn Downs at this point, um, mm. just to just to plug that gap, like you said. But Possibly. otherwise, otherwise it was OK. We've got the leadership in, in Bednarik at the back, and I thought Bednarik was outstanding. Um, I also thought that Taylor Harwood-Bellis was much improved as well. So the centre-back pairing looked, looked comfortable, didn't they? Um, so, yeah, it was really good to see. And the first 20 minutes of the game, like Adam Armstrong, Suleimana and Alcarez were just brilliant. They were relentlessly pressing. I mean, I don't know how you guys saw it, but just forcing Melier to rush at every opportunity. And, and it, it, that was clearly the game plan, just to just to press and work hard from the off and, and just go at them, which is what we didn't do against Middlesbrough. Well, yeah, I mean, that must have taken Leeds by surprise because they must have looked at, you know, our previous games and said that, you know, we like to dominate possession. We like to play it out from the back slowly and they can be yeah. got, got out on the counter attack. Um, yeah, we weren't playing like that. So, I mean, it really threw them off. And, uh, yeah, by the time they get into the halftime team, they're already 3-0 down. So that's pretty much game over. But, yeah, I thought it was really bold to... Um, to bring back Alcaraz because yeah it was a bit a, a bit of a funny one wasn't it the fact that he was mm. left out of the squad and his head's not in the right place you think oh no you know it's another Mr. Avorsic or something like that but um, no yeah. he seems he seemed to be um, yeah doing everything right and um, yeah Suleimana I mean I did slag him off I mean he he was terrible against Leicester um, Leicester yeah and um wasn't too good against against Ipswich. Yeah, no, he was all right. He was all right against Middlesbrough. I sort of um, 
gradually but, getting better. So hopefully we're at Stoke, he's going to bang in a yeah. hat trick. I felt a bit guilty for saying that. Um, I, I wish that he his uh, red card hadn't been overturned because um, yeah, we wouldn't have had the performance we did yesterday if it, if, if it hadn't. Um, but yeah, it was more like a four-two-four, wasn't it? I mean, you, you, no chance. But you've got Downs and Smallburn who do kind of ostensibly do yeah. the, the same thing in midfield, but they kept it under control and gave, gave us a lot of chances to let uh, you know, Armstrong get further forward. Yeah, Alcaraz. Alcaraz was kind of playing in that false nine. False nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Strange. It'd be interesting it to see what they do. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do that against against Stoke, but maybe they'll, they'll keep them on their toes and actually sit back against Stoke. And you know, Stoke will be sitting back expecting all the pressure, like they, like the Leeds game, and we won't give it. You know, just Russell Martin won't have a style now. It'll just be, well, you never know what Saints you're going to get. So, uh, so yeah. But, uh, Tim, we started off so, so well, and Adam Armstrong in the second minute, and I guess that's the perfect way to forget all your troubles, isn't it? And uh, the number of games where we've given us a mountain to climb instantly, you know, Sunderland and, and Leicester, for instance, where you, you, you lose a goal straight away. But, you know, on the front foot instantly and cool, clinical and cheeky finish from Adam Armstrong um, and, uh, yeah, an assist from Kyle Walker-Peters as well. But, yeah, the, the run from Adam Armstrong timed perfectly and, and the finish was even better. Oh, it was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So we know that we have the talent to be able to do this. We know that Walker Peters is one of, if not the best players in the team. And Adam Armstrong, who just loves the championship, but is not really good in the Premier League. Uh, so to me, being able to take that and then the finish itself. Okay. So you can, you can make the pass and you can make the, and you can make the run, but seeing how Meslier came on out and knowing he's the, he's a, He's a lengthy, a gangly person. He is, so yeah. he's got limbs. He's he's got like no core, but he's got all limbs. And so you're thinking like, oh, this guy who's just like wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm flailing two man. He's coming at you. He's gonna like throw himself at you. And he go and the second that he ta- and he timed it perfectly. The second that he went down to the gra- uh, to the floor to take out all of the remaining angles, Armstrong just happened to chip it right in. And time couldn't have timed it perfectly. So that finish, I mean, that that XG on that finish is going to be super, super low. Yeah. So it, it it's got that had to be the most uh, difficult goal that we scored all year long, and loved it. And what a relief probably to have to be able to have a one one zero lead within three minutes. That had to change the complete, you know, the you were since you were there, you can tell us, but. Uh, it had to completely change the the mantra of the feelings of the fans and the team, how they played. I mean, Adam Armstrong wouldn't have scored that in that position last season, but the confidence is high with him. Obviously, he, he, you know, five goals at that point, banged in a sixth there, just give him the confidence. And it's, it's good to see them keep going up and, and make it to. But yeah, there was a moment, though, in that in that first half where I can, we kind of relinquished possession. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just guessing this, but I'm guessing that Leeds probably had more possession than us throughout the game. Um, you'll be able to tell me otherwise. But but I don't know. Before it went 2-0, we soaked up a bit of pressure without actually giving Les- uh, Leeds any, any any chances, really. But I just felt we couldn't keep hold of the ball at that point. And we saw it. Well, the second half was pretty much like that, all of like that. So there were parts that didn't look good and it did get uncomfortable at times. But. Yeah, and there was one point when Russell Martin was almost on the pitch. I just, uh, but then again, I don't know if it's just me because I was really nervous. I wasn't particularly. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, uh, being at the stadium, it was completely. It was well. Again, this might have just been me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm more worried the, the you know the first five minutes after we score a goal because we seem to have a habit of um, cons- like just letting ourselves go a little bit, relaxing a bit too much, and um, and letting one in. But uh, yeah, I mean, after about. 10 minutes or so kind of settled a bit and um i don't, I don't think that second goal came out of nowhere um, hmm. um yeah by the time the third one goes in i think it's, it's pretty much game over and i thought second half uh the substitutes that he did make i thought were very smart very shrewd they were made at the right right time and they had the right effects on the outcome of the game really yeah mm. what, even, i wait kind of i mean i didn't i mean sulemana for Ryan Fraser. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Fraser can definitely give something. And when you're 3-0 up, I think... To, yeah, but I mean, just the first half that Sulemana had and to take him off in the 58th minute. Definitely. But I think there's logic behind this that um, we're, you know, only a few days until Stoke. He needs to rest him. He can't uh, squeeze too much out of him. Mm-hmm. He's done his bit in the game. Let's rest him for Tuesday and um, 
yeah, Fraser, I think, is he's a good player. You can give a, a yeah. very similar kind of 30 minutes of football. Uh, we went 2-0 up. Kev said it wasn't completely against the run of play. No, I, I, it wasn't. I mean, as I say, Leeds didn't really do anything to deserve equalising. And if they had, it would have been, a you know, completely against the run of play for them. But oh, we did make it 2-0. And it was um, Will Smallbone on the 31st minute. And um, this one just looked easy. I mean, Stu and Sulemana were being direct down the right, uh, sorry, down the left. Uh, Sulemana picks out Smallbone. He's just allowed to like saunter into the box and he just places it first time in off the post. Yeah, absolutely. So you're talking like the 20th or 30th minute and you felt there was some anxiety in the stadium. We didn't, it didn't reflect on the the screen to it. So watching the game just it felt like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's just you, but so to me, and also my my expectation was leads to be completely gunning it, going for it, and having the best uh, uh, you know attack in the league as I described last week. So seeing them, I would say, be apprehensive, but not as not as dominant, didn't bring the wariness on that you might have saw in the stadium. So when it came about and you found the this found the Suleiman uh, assist into the small bone, uh, I felt it was the disconnect between uh, Ampadu and Kamara and uh, and some LinkedInness mm-hmm. that was not there with Dan James on the on the right side covering for Suleimana. We know Suleimana's pace and we know that they can make those th- through balls. I think he, they can do it better than Fraser can. And I, you could see that there was probably five or six of them within, uh, you know, once every eight to 10 minutes that just went to Sulevana and they just said, go for it. And you know what? He did. And this was one of them. And it led to him getting so far up, but he had to hold up, wait, wait for the, wait for our, uh, us to be able to come into the box. And that Kamara Ampadu. Uh, mix up there and then ultimately leading for Somerville who was trying to supposed to cover from left wing uh to Smallbone which wasn't going to happen and then Smallbone makes once again probably the second hardest clinical finish in, that we've had in the season so far yes it was a very good finish very good very good goal um it seemed like tactically that we were still passing it around the back but once we got into the middle I don't know, we became more direct and creative. There was players like Suleimana and Stu that wanted to get the ball and run with it. We saw some crossfield passes from um, from Charlie Alcaraz. Um, and it did seem that way because, I mean, we, we, we conceded possession a lot uh, to Leeds on the whole. I have checked it. Yeah, Leeds edged us on possession. Uh, but then we went 3-0 up. And, um, yeah, Suleimana continued his impressive first half uh, with another assist. Uh, more directness as well, which was good. Willing to, to have a go at them causing them to panic, spread out, whatever it was. Um, but it actually started from a long ball from Bazuni, which hasn't been happening. Uh, and then the, that crossfield pass from Alcaraz, uh, that run from Suleimana, um, and then, you know, Adam Armstrong puts Sam Byram on his ass, doubles his account. Yeah, seven goals from nine games, and he tops the championship goal-scoring charts, along with uh, with Jack Clark at Sunderland, Kevin. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean... Couldn't be more pleased for him. We thought we had two good, um, recognised strikers who can perform at this level in Armstrong and and Che. And yeah, Armstrong seems to be the, the first choice, and we can see why with um, with finishing like that. Although I would say that all all three of the goals did highlight um, how terrible a goalkeeper that Leeds United have got. He, he he never used to be that terrible. I think Melly is uh, a good keeper. Well, wasn't he ranked? I mean, he was either worse than Bazunu or Bazunu. You know, they were the bottom two keepers last season for pretty much every stat. I think that goes on defence as well, though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, without defence, sure. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, no, brilliant. And the, the, yeah, the way he downs uh, two defenders and um, spots is I don't know how it happened that quickly, but you managed to just get it right over his leg and in that post. Yeah, they were, they were quite the strange, strange goals, like very, very unusual finishes on all three of them. Definitely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that third one, I didn't even because I was like right behind like the side net, obviously. As yeah. Was, um, and I thought he, I thought it missed. And I see everyone was up before me because I thought, what's what's is that going in? <laughs> when it did. So, yeah, I was uh, a little bit slow to that one. Am I right in thinking that all of the goals were at the other end of the pitch? 
Uh, they were actually, yeah, down my side, yeah, which uh, doesn't happen at all. Mm. So, yeah, and then I said, I said that also we're going to see the uh, the Leeds come back in the second half, so we're going to see all four of their goals in the second half as well. <laughs> <laughs> they shortchanged you though. I know. I'm okay with it. Though. It's fine. Um, but I, I don't think we had it our own way, and especially that second half. And yeah, we we didn't keep the clean sheet and, and, and another set piece goal, which is the only disappointment really. Um, and Pascal Strauch from from the corner, a bit of a scramble, Tim. But basically, we threw a bunch of people in the box, and the ball, the pinball fall fell the wrong way. Downs got boxed out and by Stroik, and from there, just you know dinked it into the to the corner and that was it so to me uh, i mean this isn't one of those i we've talked about the last few weeks where you make individual errors leading up to a goal yeah this one was more much 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 more about bad luck yeah you could say downs needs to be better and, and be more physical in the box and if say that's shay charles compared to com- compared to downs i think you're going to get a better you're going to get a better fight in the air since i think charles is fantastic in the air but Stroik just was in the right position, was able to push downs out of the way and score it. And giving up a goal to Leeds is not something that I'm. It was. It, it's it's to be expected. You know, yeah. getting a clean sheet for us, I don't think it's to be expected. And you know, coming out with a win is everything that we needed. It was it was great. Absolutely, so, yeah. Not much you can do. I'm just going to say not much you can do. No, but I mean, if off. we if if it had been nil nil at that point and we conceded a goal like that, we would have all been furious with that, you know, because another corner. But it's just the state of the game. It's just like, oh, well, we'll let him have that one. Leeds didn't really have any clear cut chances, did they? There wasn't anything that made. I mean, I, I was panicking because that's what I do. But there wasn't really any anything to, to be scared about. I mean, we saw Dan James. He had an effort, which with the Leeds fans thought went in, which was funny. Um, and Joel uh, Perot, he, he hit a tame one, didn't he, straight at Bazunu? Other than other than that, I don't really think there was anything else that we, you know, they they created. But I mean, if they had got a second goal, then it could have made it a very very worrying final five minutes or so. One thing I want to mention here is if you look at the EFL YouTube highlights back of the the game itself, seven minutes and thirty five seconds of the ten minutes and thirty five seconds of the the is all about the first half, including the walk-up. So if you're saying that the action was two-thirds primarily within the first half based on what they're showing on YouTube, you can say that the second half was very, very dull. And <laughs> I, I don't know what the feeling, like you said, I don't know, what, you, you could describe it a whole lot better, but to me, all the action was contained except for the strike goal in the second, uh, uh, was everything was in the first half compared to the stri- except for the strike goal. Yeah, it was just more a frustration on my half because I didn't think we kept the ball well. Uh, it was everything that we did in the first half just went the wrong way. And you, you could see Leeds were getting into it. They were creating those like half chances really. Um, and yeah, it just, it it just felt, and there was something actually I wanted to talk to you guys about because I thought the referee was really poor. He was giving a lot of silly free kicks Leeds way and then just completely shaking us off. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, you watched it. You probably saw something completely different. I don't know if you heard the fans uh, at all when, whenever these free kicks were given. But every single time a Leeds player was dispossessed, they went down and they got a free kick for it. And every single time that they did the same thing against us, there was a lot of shirt pulling. The referee just kind of let it go when it, when it was happening against us. So, I mean, I thought the referee was poor. I know what you're talking about, but the biggest notice that you can take from that is the are the yellow cards because we just had a series of yellow mm. cards especially in that first half whereas glenn kamara was the only one who got a yellow card on their team mm. and to me i feel like you're right i could you can definitely feel the you know the the scrumptiousness a whole lot there yeah. whereas for us uh at least for me i didn't hear much of the moaning and groaning from the from the saints fans mm. yeah Great way to end the month, wasn't it? A relief. We all deserved it. Russell Martin certainly deserved it. A um, little bit of pressure off of him. Um, we should give a shout out too for, for Bednarik and THB because I said at the top, they were both very good. And Bednarik looks like the de facto leader back there, doesn't he? You know, he had two blocks, two tackles, one interception, 90% pass completion. Um, Harwood Bellis slightly getting better and better, isn't he? He's integrated himself into this team now after that 
poor debut. Um, but yeah, two tackles, also three blocks, three interceptions. I just think defensively it was a it was a great job. Um, but is there anyone that you guys want to single out praise for? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're leading into our match, man of the match. And I'll, okay, I'll, I'll come out and say it straight away. But yeah, I think the man of the match. I mean, it's a fifty-fifty toss-up, isn't it? I think that's two two um, outstanding players in Armstrong and Suleiman, who's made me eat my words. Um, Alcaraz, yeah, I liked him in that kind of more forward role. And um, it's, it's good to see Stu performing well. And I, I thought they interacted quite well uh, between each other. Yeah, when there's a lot less possession for the sake of possession, it's um, it's much better to watch. It's much less frustrating when you've got more to offer in the counter-attack. And yeah, I think that's what, basically what we've been crying out for, that, that we've got this, this pace in the team, but we haven't been utilising it to our advantage and we saw exactly that yesterday we haven't had a chance to utilise it because of the way that he plays so you know backwards but yeah Um, I want to mention um, well Kyle Walker-Peters because Hmm. you know the chance of winter he's definitely one of the best players in in this team not this team in this division and the the transfer rumours, we all thought, I mean, I thought he was going to go. I thought somebody in the Premier League was going to put in a bid for him. Nobody did. But he has not complained at all, has he? He's got out there and he's playing every single game. He hasn't been playing well at points in this season, but he's still, you know, he's still been there. He hasn't complained. And yesterday I thought he was great. Got that assist uh, for the first goal. So I thought, yeah, another, just, just want to say how good that I'm glad that he's still a saint. So he was brilliant. And also want to say about um, Shay Charles, I thought when he came on, um, I mean, he came on in difficult circumstances, really, because the second half wasn't, wasn't great. Uh, defending a lead as well, is something that we, 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 we haven't done particularly well in. And he only played 22 minutes and he got in those tackles. He got in those blocks and he, he did what was asked of him. And I think out of the subs, I think he was the, um, the most impactful so yeah, I think Shay Charles did a did a good job as well. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd say Fraser slotted in. Uh, you said it was confusing that you brought off Suleiman. I thought Fraser did quite quite well replacing him. And um, yeah, it's good that you did pile up Cole because he led led the team on uh, touches with uh, seventy five. So I want to talk about Alcaraz a little bit because we did mention that he's in the false nine. And let, let's take a look back at the third goal. And when the third goal came through, you did mention Bazoon and hit it long to Adam Armstrong, mm. just in that final edge of the, of the middle third, which was great pinpoint positioning. Armstrong found the edge. He's literally sitting uh, on the, on the end line or the touch line. So he finds, he finds it, brings it down, pops it back a little bit. And then he, they find, um, they find Alcaraz almost literally in the middle of the feet, in, like in the center circle yeah. at that point. So his heat map, and he was playing that false nine. So I want to sing, give him the props because I felt that while he wasn't playing in a position that is out of the realm of him, other people around him were probably, it wasn't as familiar to him because you had Adam Armstrong and Suleimana so far up on the left and the right, whereas he dropped back. And the only time that Alcaraz was probably told to be the, the, the first man in the box is when you were pressing Meslier. So as long as they couldn't think, dink it, you know, dink and dunk it out of the back, make him, make a mistake and push it over to the top, then they thought that the, the midfielders could, uh, could pop it around. So then Alcaraz hits it to Sulemana on that third, uh, Sulemana does his little dance, finds around, slings it to Armstrong on the other side, and once again for another clinical finish. So I think I want to give him props because he hasn't played very well. He played, while not necessarily out of position, he played with other teammates who were in positions that he wasn't familiar with and just hasn't played in a while, at least mm. and especially hasn't started. So yeah, I, want to give him, I want to give him the props where, where props is due. Yeah, he hasn't. Uh, well, there's been some, some talk about him having some problems with his family or, you know, off-pitch problems as well, not, not being played. Um, and then, you, you know, the, the, the form of the team to come in and play like that. Yeah, it was nice to see. He got he got a stand innovation when he come off as well. So that was nice. Um, yeah. Love Alcaraz. I think everybody does. Um, but yeah, up to 10th, 13 points, one behind Leeds. No, no, we're just behind Leeds on, on goal difference, actually, aren't we? But three points off of fourth spot. So, yeah, a massive week ahead. And we must build on this at Stoke. I'd say it was more four points with our goal difference, to be fair. That's true. Um, Le- Leicester actually have just won 4-1 again. So, uh, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, positive week. 
just the tonic. That's what we need. Kev, have you got any stats? God, um, what stats do we want? Um, we, we said that Leeds just edged in possession 53%. They had 15 shots to our 10, uh, but we both had five on target. And three uh, of ours went in. So. <laughs> well, that's the one stat that makes any uh, means anything. But yeah, um, XG. Yeah, uh, Tim actually said that our XG uh, wouldn't have been that high because of the, the, the you know high difficulty of the goals that we actually scored from the angles and you know the chances that they were. So um, yeah, our XG was actually 1.5. So mm-hmm. for someone that scored three goals uh, and as you say five shots uh, on target, three of them have gone in. 1.5 XG is not that high, uh, and Leeds 0.9. That just goes to show that they didn't really have any glaring opportunities did they i think so that the, the only one that you could say was was worth anything was that joel pyro one in the box which kind of like didn't connect properly and it just went straight down the throat of bazunu so yeah 0.9 to 1.5 don't often come up uh top of the xg do we no yeah we don't but we did this time <laughs> yeah. um you, you sorry you did ask me about um, your progressive carry so cold we had three uh he's tied with um brian manning uh, three each um, so there weren't that many in the team but um, it does top on pass completion 93.3% so yeah oh excellent that is good very good and it wasn't all sideways either was it because I mean so that one that he paid through oh. for, for the opening goal was was well it was defence cutting wasn't it so yeah excellent 93% that's that, that that's a great one um, I, I'll read what Russell Martin had said um, I didn't particularly enjoy the second half but I do understand it they fought together we're hard to play against and Leeds created very little. I'm disappointed we conceded, but the crowd stayed with it. The players then stuck at it. They showed real spirit and that they're with us in every way. We now need to move forward with it. It cannot be a one-off. We need to maintain that level, but I'm really grateful to the players and the supporters. It was needed. Hopefully that will be the toughest period we have as a group in the season. They've learned a lot and come through it against Leeds, a Leeds team that will be right up there. Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with everything he said there, um, especially the second half that he didn't didn't agree, uh, didn't like. And yeah, we can't allow this to be a one off, can we? We we need to build on that and and uh, and confidence. Just it will just breed from there. Uh, man of the match, Kevin, you you've gone with with Sulemana. I have, yeah. yeah. I thought he was great at both ends of the pitch. He's using his pace um, not just to bomb forward, but also to track back. And um, yeah, I hope that he was taken up to, to rest him for Stoke because I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he's picked up a knock. <laughs> uh-huh, fuck. No, no, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I was tempted with Suleimana because, I mean, two assists, huge impact. Um, and when he came off after 58 minutes for Fraser, I think we lost something. Um, and that, that, I don't think Fraser impacted the game, really. That's not a knock on him. I just think that that's the way the game was playing out. Um, Alcaraz played well, uh, different role, you know, Tough time off the field, as I've said, but I'm going to give it to to Adam Armstrong because of just his clinical finishing. Uh, both of those goals, top scorer for the club and the league. Uh, his work rate as well, always unmatched and just very impressed. And you, you can't leave him out of the side at the moment. So yeah, I'm going to give it to Adam Armstrong. Um, completely deserves it in my opinion. Tim, yeah. which way are you swinging? Well, I agree with both of you because <laughs> I think in the time that Sulemana was on the pitch in terms of the 60 minutes or so that he was there, he was the best player. Uh, but my thoughts and rule on a man of the match is based on how long you play the entire match. And so to me, I think it's Adam Armstrong, even though he did get subbed out late off in the late 80s. Um, 85th, because overall, yeah. Yeah, 85th. So to me, that long-term impact, uh, that extra 25 minutes, pushes him over the top from Sulevana. And I give it, give it to him. Excellent. Um, this is an interesting one. Player ratings, uh, the results from Pundit Games. Uh, hopefully everyone submitted theirs because um, I've got the results. Uh, which way do you think our listeners were going with? Armstrong, I think. You think they're going to go with Armstrong? Yeah. You, you are correct. Adam Armstrong tops it with 9.2. Uh, Suleimana is second with 8.8. So very, very close. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to guess at who was third? Uh, Alcaraz. Kyle Walker-Peters. Alcaraz and Kyle Walker-Peters. It was Kyle Walker-Peters, 8.3. Uh, Alcaraz was only 7.6 and uh, Stuart Armstrong was only 7.8. I thought that was a bit harsh. Um, both Harwood Bellis and Will Smallbone top 
Stu Armstrong and Alcaraz. Um, anyone anyone want to guess who's bottom? Slightly Bazzini. unfair. Bazzini, no, you've got a seven. He's right Arebo. in the middle of the park. Yeah, Arebo and uh, James Bree. <laughs> Poor James Bree. He came on. It didn't even look like he was in his right position. It looked like he was playing more advanced and only played a little bit just to shore up the game and see it off. But yeah, 5.6, he, he's at the bottom and uh, Rebo 5.8. Uh, incidentally, Kev, Ryan Fraser was third bottom with 6.21. That's quite unfair. Um, yeah, it's all unfair, but someone's got to be at the bottom, haven't they? That has definitely helped us with our uh, man of the match. Uh, sorry, player of the month for, for September. It definitely makes it a little bit sweeter, doesn't it? OK, then uh, we've got preview to go. We've got two of them. Um, so we'll start off, obviously, with with uh, with Stoke City. So. We go to Stoke, uh, the Bet365 Stadium, on Tuesday, the 3rd of October. That's 8 o'clock kickoff, and it is on Sky Sports. Uh, yeah, Tim, Stoke, a difficult start to the season. They've had five losses. They had a big win on Saturday, though, against Bristol City because they found themselves two down inside 15 minutes, and they turned it around to win 3-2. Uh, and Britannia, well, Britannia, Bet365, whatever, it's, it's always been known as a tough place to play, but they've lost their last two home games. Are they there for the taking or are they now over their hump and they'll be getting their, their form back up and running? We start off with the nickname. I've got some funny nicknames. Yes. So, okay. Ah, so have I. Oh, good. I okay. like it. We all know that they're the Potters, right? Yeah. So how about uh, the Pisspots, <laughs> the Stokers, uh, the, the Staffordshire Terriers? That's good. And the cold, rainy nights with a K. I think that's oh, what they yeah. should call themselves. Yes. Yeah. Cold, rainy night in Stoke. Yeah. Can you do it? I like him, Ken. Oh, uh, what's, what's Tim got? I'm, I'm fascinated. You're missing it. It's the Tuesdays. That's <laughs> yeah. the it's the Tuesday. Um, I've got also the color scheme copycats to us because they're red and white, but also their awake, their awake kit this year is yellow and blue. So mm. if you saw the Bristol City highlights. And yeah, but I, I, I did actually. I didn't realise that when I was looking at the highlights, I kind of like looked up and thought, who the bloody hell are they playing? And I thought, oh, it's yeah. Stoke. Of course it is. But hang on. Our away kit's white and our third one's black. So not this season. Well, obviously, but the traditional yellow, yellow yeah. and blue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we, we wear a lot of yellow and blue when we're at Stoke, actually. Looking yeah. back over the years. And the not-so-grandpotters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if you see, if, let's just talk about the cold, uh, the cold rainy night on Tuesday. The, it's the meme. It's been there for a long time. That cold, wet night. Can can you do it? So we're going to find out if we can. Is it going to uh, be raining? A, do you know, have you have you looked at the weather report? Yes, in, in, in I did look at the rain and I, it was the prediction. The weather is it's going to be 49 degrees Fahrenheit, nine degrees Celsius with rain predicted over 60 percent on Tuesday it. night. Yeah. Are we not? This is going to be the funniest, I don't know, the funniest game, but also the it's going to be the most unpredictable because when you put weather into the elements of anything, it can definitely throw throw it all off. But looking backwards with Stoke, I uh, had the largest success from 65 to 85, along with their 10-year spell in the Premier League from 2008 to 2018. Uh, but their presence now in the championship should heed a warning to us. They haven't threatened promotion ever since they've been relegated in the last five years. And this year doesn't look really any different. So last year, they were comfortable mid-table presence with our man Will Smallbone on the team. Uh, they finished 16th, which is actually, coincidentally, where they sit now. And last season, they didn't even have a 10-goal score. So we they had two players that had nine goals. And right now, taking a look at um, you know Adam Armstrong, you know he's going to surpass 10 goals within the next few games. So... I, they don't, and they don't have that attacking threat again this year. So looking at the the new transfers, while technically uh, there it is a new transfer again, they re-signed Kijana Hover on loan from Wolves and uh, for their back line, and other players that we might have heard of that they signed this year. So Wesley Moraes from what uh, from Austin Villa, yep. who had that absolute atrocious injury. If you ever took a look at it, where his ba- yeah. basically his leg, his leg fell off. I don't like did, reason. did Kev have him in his fantasy football team? And then as soon as he put him in, he done that. He had that injury. I think that we can blame it on Kev. Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> Just an absolute atrocious injury. Uh, Mark Travers on loan from Bournemouth in, in, in goal. And then Lyndon Gooch. Back up, uh, back up to Gavin yeah. Bazunu in the Island squad as well. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then uh, Lyndon Gooch, the best name of all out there. American. 
who played for Sunderland for a number of years, playing literally every position except for a goalie and attack, who's kind of that jack-of-all-trades player. Um, they signed him in the offseason as well. Um, but there are other, they do have some quote-unquote big names, names that we're going to recognize from the Premier League. Uh, or, and you'll see here, Edna Stevens uh, from Sheffield United, Ben Pearson, Dwight Gale, uh, who have donned uh, various Premier League teams. And then DiMargio Wright-Phillips. Mm. Is, that, is that last name sound familiar? Wright-Phillips, yeah. That's um, uh, Sean Wright-Phillips' son, isn't it? That is correct. That's and it. Ian Wright's grandson. Mm. So Bradley uh, Wright Phillips. Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah. Uncle. Yeah, he's the uncle. Yeah. Yep. His nephew. All right. Yeah. And then I can't tell. I don't know what my favorite name is on their team. Lyndon Gooch or Wout uh, Burger. <laughs> Literally <Yeah. laughs> spelled like eating a burger. Yeah. So uh, they got some they got some fun names. But um, let's talk about their new newest player who is really, really good, but is injured currently. So there's a potential that he could come back and if he's in the team. It's going to be scary. It's Andre Vigilo. Uh I might be butchering that. Um, he's Portuguese, signed from Maritimo. Uh, he's had four goals in the first five games of the season, but he's been out since mid-September. So if he's coming back, look for that place, look for that flair and that goal threat, which is as an attacking mid uh, Portuguese. He just he's just got it. So their last five with the most recent going backwards, they beat Bristol City with that great comeback 2-0 down. But they made a huge mistake in the second goal leading to and then ultimately coming back with a 3-2 win away from home too. Uh, they lost to Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup. They lost a the hole. They drew Huddersfield and they lost to Norwich. So they're a team that can be beat. So what has Alex Neal got them set up with? It's a 4-3-3, but it's really flexible when it's in and out of possession. Uh, the heat map's all over the place, and he hasn't maintained the same lineup in the last five games, either for rotation or injuries. Sounds a bit like so, us, then. Kind of, yeah. I think we're more... Uh, yeah, you know, we we just give we just give up on defense where they have a better defensive record and they'll actually track back um, and not make an, as many individual errors. So, um, but strengths right now, Kijan Hover, uh, while he made an error that uh, against Bristol that led to one of the goals, he is one of their best players. So take a look out for him. He's at right back. Um, so on the left wing, if Suleiman is versus Hover, that's going to be the matchup to watch if he mm-hmm. if he does start. Although because it is Tuesday, you might see Ryan Fraser, and I think uh, Hover is going to Hover is going to take care of um, uh, Fraser, and he's going to beat him down. Uh, ben Wilmot, him up. Yes. Sorry. Ben Wilmot, uh, center back, who's really good with possession. Uh, Vigidal, who if he's not injured, but then Hasbenovic, uh, who's a left winger on loan from Celtic, uh, will probably be the wide guy to watch out for if Vigidal is uh, their weaknesses, their center, it's their center forward play, it's their attack. Wesley is not the same person and he does not look very good. So, I mean, that injury almost pushed him into retirement. Go, go read the, the articles passed on it where he was quoted that he was crying for 20 days straight. Um, it was pretty, horrible. it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's horrible. So ultimately what's the prediction? It's unpredictable. Weather's going to change things. You don't know what's going to happen on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. Who knows if Messi could do it? Are we going to do it? That's the question. <laughs> Kevin, are we going to do it? Yeah, we're, we're better than Messi. That's fine. Uh, we're going to do it 2-1. So rainy night. Nine degrees Celsius, blowing middle, you know, middle of cold country there in center, uh, center England, the mid, the Midlands in England. Please tell me that's correct. The potteries, yeah, the, yeah. And I don't think we are. I, I think we're gonna. I think it's one of those. It's just you never know what's gonna happen, and it's gonna be a mismatch game. They're gonna be able to scrape something through, and I think we're gonna lose two one. Oh wow, 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 wow. That's bad. I mean. We've got the full spectrum here because I did say it when we were looking at the um, the fixtures for for October that I was um, uh, I was saying that we we're going to draw this one and I still think we are. I just think this game's going to come around too quick. We're we're on the back of it. I think we're going to underestimate them a bit and I think they're going to pick themselves up. Um, they had a big win again uh, again, so they had a big win on Saturday. They're they're going to be buoyant as well. Uh, and I just think yeah. It, 
the elements going up there, I just think it's going to be a tough one, and I think we're going to have a 1-1 draw, unfortunately. So, yeah, so we've got a Saints win, a Stoke win, and a draw. So, yeah, the full spectrum again. Uh, and then, of course, we go to uh, – no, we're at home. Uh, it's Rotherham United on Saturday the 7th of October. That's a 3 o'clock kickoff at St. Mary's. Uh, really not the best of starts for them. They've had one win from nine. Uh, and that, that was against Norwich, though. Um, so they find themselves 23rd with a goal difference of minus 11, uh, and they're coming off of, of a 2-0 loss on Saturday uh, at, at Cardiff. Um, picking things up at home, though, uh, drew with Preston last week, which was a which was a shock. Uh, and the home game before that was that win against Norwich. Uh, but away form, uh, Tim, you've probably picked up on this. It's just awful. Uh, not good travellers. They played five. They've lost five. Uh, they've scored two goals on their travels and they've conceded 13. So we have to be heavy favourites. But does that matter in this league, Tim? So I asked Abby if you ever even heard of Rotherham. And she's like, I've never even heard of that city or that team in my life. <laughs> so if they're not even in the realm of her being able to know things, uh, I don't know. So... <laughs> They're formerly known as the Millers, I guess, because they yes. played at Millmore Stadium for a long time, and they're now playing at New York Stadium, which is actually a nice little stadium. Take a look at some pictures. Yeah, obviously yeah. never been there. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I mean, they're known as the Millers. Yeah, I mean, Millmore, but I mean, it was home to like some actual flour milling, so um, yeah, that's probably why. Mm. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, uh, how about the Grinders? So looking backwards, never been. They, so they've never been in Tier One or the top nope. division in the Premier League. And most recently, they've been the yo-yo clubs of all yo-yo clubs. We talk about Norwich, we talk about Fulham, but they've been the yo-yos because from from 2015 to 2022, they were they went from being relegated in the championship to promoted from League One and so on. It, wow. it, it's unbelievable. Only last year where did they actually break that. And they stayed in the championship. They finished 19th, and they wouldn't even gone down despite Reading and Wiggins' uh, point deductions. So that's great. I mean, that's good for them. But they're just not a team that can really, really do well. So to me, looking at it, who are their transfers? I mean, I didn't really recognize a whole lot of their team and taking a look at it, even looking at their highlights. They only had one signing this offseason that was that they paid for. That was Sam Noby from Exeter City. And the other famous or quote, recognizable name is Kafu from Nottingham Forest, uh, who they brought in from the offseason. Mm. So there's two players to really look out for that are, I don't say household names, but might be recognizable. Sam Klukas, who was formerly at Stoke, yeah. center midfielder, has been a consistent champion. He was a Hull as well, wasn't he, Sam Klukas? Yes, he's been a consistent championship player, so he's in that realm of middle tier. He's been there and can do what's necessary to deal with the slog of the championship at 31. And then a friend, Onyama, who's on loan from Luton Town. So looking at, the, looking at the highlights, it was crazy because last week he against Cardiff, he played his right wing back, but the last th- prior three games from there, he was lined up in left wing. <laughs> So wow. where is he? What's you know what's going to happen? Where, what's going to what's going to go on with this? He's got loads of pace, and if he is on that right side, he's beating Ryan Manning two, three, four times in this in this game. So he's the player to look out for, uh, especially since he's that pure winger who might be playing backwards, uh, especially since they're going to be sitting deep against us. So last five, with most recent going backwards, they lost to Cardiff, they drew Preston, lost to Millwall, lost to Huddersfield, and they beat Norwich. So anyone can be anyone in this league, but being 23rd, being in that yo-yo, being in the relegation places, uh, this is a team that we we, we got to do well against. So they're primarily defensive. They sit up in a 5-3-2 that shifts to 4-3-3 in possession, but they've had the second least amount of possession in all of the teams in the league. So you're not going to see that very much. Sorry, just, just to just to cut in. Sorry, I really am really am sorry. Uh, yeah, Tyler Blackett used to play for Man United in the centre of their defence there, the centre of that back five. Um, he's pretty handy. Uh, obviously, being through the Man United, you. Um, yeah, I didn't realise they had him. Uh, Jordan Hugo as well. I think he played for Norwich at one point. That's right. Uh, he he could be uh, quite a handful. Could be. I don't know. Although he wasn't. He hasn't been so far. Sorry, carry on, Tim. 
<laughs> yeah. I, and I mean, I don't, I didn't even recognize that name. So to me, you know, those are, these are the famous names, but, uh, you know, I, I, if you have a man United youth, you have to have some, some semblance of talent. Mm. So taking a look at that, uh, Matt Taylor, their manager, he did a really good job with Exeter city for over four years, which is probably why they signed, uh, San Novi in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in in October, 22, uh, 2022 and he kept them up. So of course he's going to be able to keep the job. Uh, that's fantastic. Weeks, that's fantastic. Isn't it? You, you know, you, you're onto something good when you get a manager that can keep this team, and they're everybody's favourites to get relegated. And you know they, they they do the impossible and break the cycle of getting relegated or promoted. And yeah, good job, well done. Yeah, and so strengths or weaknesses, there really aren't any strengths to them. And their weaknesses is this the overall quality of play, and their their the quality of their players isn't there. So of course, you know what's going to happen prediction wise. It's unpredictable. Uh, the weather does look good, though, in Southampton for the weekend, It's although it's a week out, so you never know what can change. And I did say uh, we are going to get nine points this uh, for, the, for the month of October with five games. So leading to that, um, that could help with my predictions. There are teams that are clearly at the top. Leicester is probably going to win the league. We need to be completely pushing for it, and I think I still think there's a decent chance that we're going to be in the playoff positions come uh, end of the season, which is going to cause a heart attack for you, Ray. Mm. But with nine points, teams at the bottom, I think Sheffield Wednesday is going to be last, or if not close to last, uh, going to be relegated. And Rotherham, in terms of quality of play, in terms of the total depth, they can – they still could finish 19th, 20th, or 21st, but they're not going to be good enough against us. And I think it's going to be a, a, a clean game that we're going to we're going to take. And while I don't think we're going to have a clean sheet, I think it'll be a nice 3-1 easy win, similar to that we had with Leeds, with a scrappy goal that they'll have off a corner kick. And we'll complain about us not being able to keep a clean sheet, but that's just uh, to be expected. On that, I, I, I really hope they do stay up. Teams like that, you know, they haven't got the money. I really, really hope they can uh, they can turn some heads and, and stay up, especially for that manager as well. Um, sounds like he's fighting against everything. But, yeah, I do think we're going to have, have too much for them. Um, I think uh, being at home as well, and I think it's coming. I think the clean sheet is coming, and I think we're going to win 3-0. Uh, I'm going to be out there as well and go for a clean sheet, but I think it's just going to be 2-0. Fine, I'll take that. Clean sheet, yeah. three points. Um, yeah. Um, oh, if you want another nickname, um, I, I, I just remember, like the Chuckle Brothers. They're, they're oh, from Rotherham, aren't they? Oh, there we go. They yeah. call them the Chuckle Brothers. Yes. Okay. The, we'll go on to a few results then from the week. The Discord, uh, predictably, no one going for a 3-1 Saints win. Uh, in fact, only two going for a Saints wins in total. And that was Kevin McGee, who said 1-0 to Saints. And Kinners, she said 2-1 to Saints. So, yeah, very brave scores. Uh, and they're rewarded with two points. So, yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, and we need both Stoke and Rotherham predictions to be submitted on the Discord um, as soon as you've got a chance. Uh, Super 6. Uh, round nine was won by Anthony Dark, Gavin Burgess and Jason Braganza. I've done it again. Fucking hell. I can never say his name right. Um, 12 points for them. Uh, round 10 is ongoing. Uh, waiting for that Burnley game. And overall is Andrew Knight in the lead with 81 points. Uh, fantasy football then, gents. How are we looking? Um, I've actually climbed up a little in our Pogus League. I'm now off the bottom. And up to seventh. No, you uh, weren't bottom. I was bottom <clears throat> of the Podders League, thank you. Oh, right. We're not rock bottom, obviously. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> We've had a similar week by the looks of things. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you're doing right. I got 48 points. I did uh, notice, actually, that everyone was getting around the 40s, apart from someone who went and managed to spank everyone and get 80-odd. But, yeah, it's been quite a poor week, hasn't it? I think with um, uh, Harland only scoring four. As a captain. Yeah, I was in two minds about whether to um, give the cap- captaincy to um, Carton Morris or not. I uh, decided against it. That's probably going to bite me in the batty. But yeah, yeah, we all seem to be doing quite quite similarly. Uh, you, me and Tim. Uh, Tim's, yeah, fourth in our Pods League. John Bailey uh, just jumps up to third with 59 points so far this week. 
uh, Oliver Boyle's still top. He's got 70 this week. So, um, big yeah, score. kicking mm. everyone's bum. Uh, looking at the big league, I'm 65th. And Christ, Tim's 15th. Was higher was... earlier before. But, um, yeah, Tommy Rafferty, he slid down a bit, um, into third place. And his We Ain't Pumpies on 449 points. Second place, Livra, Livra Lavia, Loka. Um, <laughs> uh, you'd really want to change that name, wouldn't you? But, um, yeah, Chris Bonner, 66 points. Well done. But yeah, um, Brad S's, Brad's lads, 80 points. Um, screaming away at the top there. Uh, how's he managed that? He's still Captain Harland, but he got Ollie, Ollie Watkins in his team. Trippier, Saka, yeah. Oh, and Ben White. So, yeah, that looks like a very good team. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim, do you want to have a look at Gaffer for us? I do. Before you do, I fucking screwed up this week, didn't I? Just so, just off the bat, I'm going to say that I've got three Saints players and I've got three Leeds players. I went Leeds heavy and benched my Saints players and look what fucking happened. Oh, that's unfortunate. Sorry to hear. I've got so... Melier. <laughs> And I've got uh, Luke Ayling, who didn't even come on. So, yeah, nice one, right? All right. So, Moscow Mush pulling up the top 547 points to 546 for Tim Brucker. So, way to go, guys. Uh, Seth, That's close. You know, you're very close. You're going very close together. I'm pulling in third here with a solid 93 points on a day. That's a fantastic. That's going to be my best week so far. Uh, continually going through Dan Fox. Nice job. He's, he's pulling up with 83 points. So he's off the bottom wow. and Colt Baker is back down to 10th place, but can, you know, looking pretty good. Sorry, Ray. I topped you in with only 50. You've only got 53 this week, but even though Dewsbury Hall did a captain, those of us who captain Dewsbury Hall and vice captain Jack Clark did very well. That would be both me and Tim Brucker. So I just want to say as well, just forget. Don't forget that I am a week behind you guys. Mm. That is that is true, and don't and don't forget your power ups end in the upcoming uh, th- first third of the season. Mm, so yeah. week I've game used, weeks I've one through some. fifteen. Yes, uh, so you get three of them, and it's a short week this week. So set your lineups and enjoy uh, the chaos that is the championship and gaffer. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, next week uh, we'll we'll have those two games to go over. Uh, that's Stoke and Rotherham, uh, and we'll prepare for our trip to Hull City. But that will be after the international break. Uh, so until next week, up the Saints. Up the fucking Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up my Southampton. Podcast Network.